Glory to God. Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, we're about to go live and uh, uh, be, uh, be streaming in just a moment. So if I can... Good morning, everybody. So glad you're here with us this morning. Glad you're online. I uh, uh, so thankful that uh, this is His day and we get to rejoice. And so thankful for what God is doing in our midst. Who in here knows that God is moving in these last days? Amen. So many reports all across the country, everywhere, of God moving in supernatural ways and uh, pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh. That mostly means that we just turn to Him. That doesn't mean He's really doing anything new, if you think about it. Uh, we're just open to him. We're doing something. He's always doing something. I always like to think God is a lot like an FM radio station in a sense. He's always speaking. He's always broadcasting. The problem is not whether or not he's broadcasting. The problem is whether or not we're tuned in to his station and we're listening. He's always there. He's an ever-present help in a time of need. But you know, if we don't ever turn and look at him, people say, well, where's he at? I think he's, uh, he got, he's just he's the same place. I've been here the whole time. I'm right here, right beside you. Amen. So we're glad you're with us this morning. So if you will, join hands with somebody as we pray and we open up our service. Father, we thank you today that this is the day you have made. We thank you, Father, that this is uh, not only your day, <clears throat> but your month, your future, your, uh, your, your generation. And Father, that we can come, receive from you, receive of your spirit, receive of your goodness, and walk in all the things that you planned in our life. Thank you, Father, that you have plans for us to do us good and not harm. Plans to prosper us, plans to do well. So Father, today we worship you. We come with unreserved hearts to worship you and thank you for what you are doing in our life and what you desire to do through us to other people. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. So beautiful. Good morning. Good morning. We're going to do something a little bit different. Is that okay with everybody? So everybody can stand with me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He's a good God. Amen. He's with of our praise all the time. Amen. 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 Before we learn a new song this morning and praise Him in all situations, I want to lift up our voice and just worship Him this morning with just our voice. 
In Jesus' name, let's lift our voices. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We come to you with our hearts in our hands, Father God. We come to you to lay everything at your feet, to start this day of rest with our mind and our heart focused on you, Father God. No matter what's happened this week, no matter what worries or stress have happened, we lay them at your feet, Father God. In Jesus' name. Say this with me, you're worthy. In Jesus' name. I'm gonna sing till the heart starts changing. Oh, I'm gonna worship till I mean every word. Cause the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are. Or what you deserve, let's sing that again. I'm gonna sing till my heart starts changing. Oh, I'm gonna worship till I mean every word. Cause the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are or what you deserve. I give you my worship. You still deserve it. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I'll pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song You're worthy of my song Let's sing it out, I'm gonna live And I'm gonna live Like my King is risen Gonna preach to my soul that you've already won and even though I can't see it I'm gonna keep believing that every promise you've made is as good as done I give you my worship you still deserve it you're worthy you're worthy I'll pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy of my song. We praise you, God. You're worthy of my song in every season, God. 
stop singing your praise I'll never stop singing your praise and in the blessing and the pain you were worthy whether you say yes or no or wait you are worthy and through it all I choose to say you are worthy I'll never stop singing your praise I'll never stop singing your praise when I finally see your face I'll cry worthy when you wipe these tears away I'll cry worthy above every other name you are worthy I'll never stop singing your praise no, I'll never stop singing you, let's sing that I'll never stop singing your praise No, I'll never stop singing your praise I give you my worship Cause you still deserve it You're worthy, you're worthy You're worthy of my song I'll pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy of our song. I give you my worship, you still deserve it. You're worthy, you're worthy, Jesus, you're worthy of my song. Pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy of my song. You're worthy of my song, Lord. Yes, you are. You're worthy of my song. song Lord you're worthy of it all you're worthy of it all you're worthy of it all you are worthy of it all 
Can you call it my victory? Oh, oh, we praise you, God. You've even gone to win my war. Your love becomes my greatest defense. It leads me from the dry wilderness. And all I did was praise while you fought for me. All I did was worship while you won it all. And all I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. Let's sing that again. And all I did was praise while you fought my enemy. Was worship while you want it all, and all I did was bow down. 
nothing would stay still All I did Saved me so much better way. And hallelujah, great defender, so much better way. You know, before I do. Where my heart can seek to find your truth Your mercy is the shade I'm living in You restore my faith and hope again And all I did was pray all I did was worship, yes we will. All I did was bow down, all I did was stay still. In all things we look to you Hallelujah Great defender So much better you act In hallelujah You have saved me So much better you Defender, so much better you
introduced me to your love You picked up all my pieces Put me back together You are the defender of my heart And hallelujah You have saved me so much better you way Hallelujah and hallelujah Great defender So much better you way So much better you way So much better So much better you ways So much better are you ways So much kinder are you ways So much healing in you ways So much mercy So much grace in you, Lord, yes it is. So much forgiveness in you, we walk in it all. So much better you, in all things. When we We're not going to leave this time of worship, but we always like to offer that if anyone is praying through something, believing for a breakthrough, 
standing on the word and need someone to believe with them. We would love to be those people that believe with you, that pray with you, that partner with you. So the next few minutes of our service, we're gonna have our prayer team coming up on either sides and our staff. And if you have anything you're praying for, no matter how big or how small you think it is, they would love to pray with you and partner with you and believe with you. And for the rest of us, we're gonna believe with them, amen? Amen. And for the rest of us, we're gonna keep praising him. In Jesus' name. And we're gonna sing this and pray this over them. All I did was praise, let's sing this this morning. And all I did was praise. And all I did was worship. All I did was bow down. All I did was stay still. Let's sing it again. And all I did was praise. That's enough for you. And all I did was worship. It's all you ask of me. And all I did was bow down. All I did was stay still And all I did was praise And all I did was worship All I did was bow down All I did was stay still And all I did was praise Yes, we praise your name And all I did was worship We give you all All I did was bow down All I did was stay still One more time all I did was praise In every season All I did was worship Cause you have my heart All I did was bow down All I did was stay still did was stay still All I did was stay still And all I did was stay still Oh, all I did was stay still In your presence presence we come in your presence Lord oh.
are better and hallelujah you have saved me so much better you and hallelujah great defender so much better you Jesus' name. He's good, amen. He's good all the time, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Glory to God. And everybody say amen. Amen. Uh, you know, I uh, was standing there thinking, and uh, you know, you can be seated. I, uh, I better put these on. If not, I won't see nobody or the clock on the back. I'll preach an hour and a half and wonder why y'all are leaving. Yeah. Amen. I, um, uh, I was thinking just a minute ago, and you know, you have to use what you got at hand. Um, I was thinking the other day, I thought, you know, we ought to just um, get rid of some of the equipment. Uh, I like a clean stage. I just, you know, I don't like the cables, and um, it's not bad, but you know, I just don't like that. And I like a clean stage. And back in the day, you know, we had a Amazon rainforest up here to hide cables and monitors. And there was flowers and bushes and weeds and everywhere, you know. And I still remember, I was looking at a video of something from the mid eighties. And I mean, I'm telling you, it was like, I don't know how much stuff was in the baptistry. If you'd ever tried to baptize somebody in that baptistry, you'd have had to have an excavation equipment because there was so much stuff in there. And, um, but I was thinking, you know, but it hit me too. Uh, as a church, we need to believe for God to send us somebody to lead worship and stuff. So in faith, I'm gonna leave it out because I want me somebody who can play and sing. And we're just gonna stand that way. Can I have an amen? Use what we got till we got. And then I was thinking too, you know, I, I, it's amazing how Satan will torment me or anybody else during the midst of something. I was thinking of something and today we used, a, if you're online, you, you'll find out now, but we used a video of Molly. Evidently, it was so good, my grandson thought she was here, started to run in the sanctuary. Can I have an amen? That was good. And Luke was telling me. And I was thinking about it, and uh, you know, I've heard stuff all my life. People say, I can't enter in, this and that. I still say, probably one of the greatest healing sermons I've ever heard that ministers to me, I think was preached in 1952. Well, I was born in 66, so I definitely wasn't in that service. Can I have an amen? And uh, I mean, I feel the power of God in it all the time. It's by Jack Coe, Wilt Thou Be Made Whole. Uh, most of y'all have never even heard of him or that. And I still ministers to me. I'll still listen to it. Uh, who in here knows that if you, if you have a heart to receive and worship, you always can. And God can minister to you. So I, I thank y'all for um, agreeing with us and praying with us for someone to play and lead worship. Uh, you know, again, we're in that transition season. Thank God Shanika should be with us again next week. And thank God for her. But, uh, you know, I, I want us to have whoever God wants us to have specifically. And if it's Janika, that's fine. If it's somebody else, that's fine. Um, I, I, I think it's funny, too, in a way today, just talking church business with y'all. You know, in today's world, and when I was growing up, when, in the 1980s, which is funny to me, that's 40 years ago. Can I have an amen? I remember preachers, my, you know, when I was a kid, I, I hear preachers say, back in 1945, I was doing something. I'm like, man, that was a long time. That was 40 years ago. I am that. Can I have an amen? I have become that. Uh, honestly, if, if you didn't come and just, 
you know, the attitude was, if you love the Lord, you will come and give of your life to the ministry. And I, that was still true. But in today's world with worship people, if you don't pay somewhere between three to $600 a service, um, they're not playing. And um, I, I get that, that, uh, you know, the, uh, the workman's worthy. I have no problem with that. Uh, we usually do pay. I, I'll say this, we, I usually take better care than not. I remember years ago, I actually had a Southern Gospel group come when I pastored in Charlotte. They had seven people, Sunday night service. I think we only had 20 people, 30 people. It was, you know, we were rebuilding the church. It was horrible. And um, I think we gave them $1,000 or $800. Now, most of that came in from the congregation, but I, get, I added it up though. You got eight people, that's only what? $125, $130 a piece? You know what I'm saying? That, that was nothing to me. I mean, and this is the ministry. You ought to bless them. And so um, I remember walking up to the guy and I looked at him. I said, uh, sir, I said, I'm sorry. I said, I don't have more. And I was, I didn't mean this. I said, I wish, I said, I know y'all are believing to be full-time and y'all use this and put everything back in the ministry. I get that. I said, and he looked at it. He about started to cry. He's like, can we come back next Sunday? Can I? You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, he was all of a sudden, but he had been. So I, I want to take care of people and everybody say amen. Because you reap what you sow. You always do. And um, I remember traveling as a guest preacher and as a pastor. I, I'll say this, every pastor I've ever preached for that was a traveling minister always treated me better than a pastor who wasn't. Does that make sense? Because he knows what it's like. And one of my influencers upon my life and mentors, oh, I never met him, he, he did lay hands on me, but it was Kenneth Hagin. And he always said a pastor should travel for two years and a traveling minister should pastor two years. He said that way the one side knows what the other's dealing with and you're not one-sided in your thoughts. And most people don't. Most people, most, most evangelists hated pastors and most pastors hate evangelists. Uh, but who in here knows that they're both called to the body of Christ and you need each other. And everybody hates apostles and prophets. Can I have an amen? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just teasing. So you have to sow. And uh, not really using this as a segue into uh, offering, but it is. It's a good one. Is, uh, you know, for that, we need to believe. And so when God sends us people to temporarily, we need to sow into them. Thank God for them. At the same time, still believing for who God has. Because who in here knows that it makes a difference? It really does make a difference. And uh, I, my prayer is one day that I can have my youth camp band again in experience. Um, for 20 years almost, I had a youth camp band that I could look at them and tell them a song and they would pull it out. They could play it. And uh, they just, they loved the Lord. They loved to worship, they practice. Sometimes they practice too much. Sometimes they played too long. I'm like, guys, we've been worshiping for about an hour now. We gotta pull it back. And they're like, oh, no, no, come on, you know. But they had a heart to worship and they had a heart to minister. And that's what we're believing for. Can I have an amen? Amen. So if you got your Bibles, um, uh, this is just for our offering. If you're a first, second, third time guest, we bless you. We thank you for being with us. Uh, whether you're in person or online, we, uh, we'll use a verse from 2 Corinthians. Uh, we thank you for your, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, uh, Katie. Uh, thank you for being with us. There's a QR code. It may come up on the screen in a minute if you can use that. If not, if you're a first, second, third time guest, or if you have a new uh, address or email or contact information, please get a connection card and fill that out. And hopefully we can get that straightened out. Um, I am going to throw this out. I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, I've had people, you know, it is a hard thing in 2023 to communicate to people. It is easier in one way because we have more ways to stay in touch. 
um, email, Facebook email, Instagram email, direct messenger, TikTok videos, Instagram videos, Instagram reels, Instagram posts, Facebook posts, Facebook reels, YouTube reels, there's so much. We have mail, we have the phone, Does everybody got me? But sometimes because there is so much and so much out there, it's hard, we get lost. And um, so um, I, I had somebody one day, this is a little bit of time back, but they fussed at me, not bad, but they made a comment. They were tired of getting all the emails and contacts that we sent from the church. So I've kind of pulled back from it. I was like, maybe I'm sending too much. And I don't mean this wrong to anybody, but who in here knows it doesn't take that much to delete an email. Right. So I'm gonna just throw this out. If deleting an email from the church once a day Get your gashi rashis agatiating. Can I have an amen? Uh, we gonna pray for you, and so you know. And, and the other side too, it is um, it is a recorded marketing fact that it takes somewhere between seven to eight iterations of something for it to be remembered by most people. It is a knowledgeable fact, or it is for me in learning that I have to many times repeat something seven, eight times. The the messages that have ministered to me the most that I can just preach out of the abundance of my heart are sermons, are sermon types that I've heard seven, eight, ten times. And I have some series, message series, I know I've listened to at this point at least 20 times because I've had them 40 years and I listen to them at least once a year just to keep myself straight. Because who in here knows without Jesus ain't none of us straight, amen? We need to be reminded. And so Paul actually said to the um, Philippian church, he said, for me to remind these things to you is safe. So it's always good to be reminded. And... Um, Saying all that to say, uh, in reminding, so, so if we send over the next couple weeks, because we have Easter coming up, everybody say Easter. Easter is in six weeks. There's an Easter slide. We'll talk more about it in a minute. Uh, in fact, if you can, can you throw the, go ahead and throw the Easter slide up there. Um, it's, just, it's just very simple. We don't have a major theme. We just have Easter at Grace Summit. And so over the next couple weeks, uh, I'm going to ask everybody, uh, again, we got six weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask again over the next six weeks. I'm starting today. Now, I'm not taking up a separate offering, but we've ordered cards. They'll, we'll start pushing those out to everybody in the next week or so. Uh, we've got banners. Uh, we're actually going to take out some uh, Facebook ads. We have a mail out going out. We have uh, our regular monthly letters going out, but it'll have some stuff. So we, I want us to do a big push, but that means everybody doing their part. And so there's some extra expenses. So if you want to get an extra envelope and give this morning to that, you can put on the envelope Easter. If you do Cash App, Zale or whatever, you can put on their Easter uh, Easter 2023, but we're just calling it Easter at Grace Summit, and our emphasis is on this one basic truth, that in Christ, you have new life. That's it. And I, I don't mean it like that's it. That, I mean, we're, we're not making it uh, anything else. I want it to be uh, uh, concise. I want it to be something that can be remembered, and I want something that can be communicated quickly. I want everybody to have what I'm going to call a seven-second elevator speech about Easter, about why we want somebody to come to Easter. We don't need to hear a 30-minute testimony when we invite somebody. Can I have an amen? We need it. We, you have about seven seconds to tell somebody something. We'll talk about this next week. And we're actually going to talk about having a... I will give you a seven-second elevator invitation so that you can invite somebody in seven seconds, make it, and give them a card. Can I have an amen? And so that, that costs something. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, that God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. I love that verse. I love the verse that it calls it, it says again, all grace, 
having all sufficiency in all things so that we can abundant unto every good work, I could say all good works. Isn't every good work and all good works the same thing? Very much so. So I could say all things. So God wants us to have abundance and he gives us the grace so that unto good works we can prosper. And this is a good work. Easter is a good work. There are people who will come to church during Easter who will not come except for Christmas. Is that right? I mean, they do, they'll come. Um, they'll, they'll come because they're berated by their family. They come for mama. Uh, I love the guys who come for mama. And we can tell they don't know how to tie a tie. They don't know how to go to church and they don't wanna be there. Cracks me up sometimes as a pastor because I've seen it for 30 years now. You know, you see somebody, you can tell he's as uncomfortable as a house cat in a dog house. You know what I'm saying? Just sitting there almost like you're going to just walk up to him and grab him and shake him and cast the devil out of him. Or put a devil in him. Something, either way. You know what I mean? He's just, he just, he don't know what to do. But that's the time that we need to be uh, loving to him and welcoming and embracing and letting them know that uh, in Christ, there is new life. And it is our joy to embrace that new life and help them receive that new life. Amen. Amen. So right now, as you, however you want to give your tithes and offerings, if you want to give a, through an envelope, get you another one, if you will, for uh, Easter. And uh, however you want to give. And then all across the screen, as, as I've been preaching and speaking right now, uh, there are ways to give. Zelle, Cash App, PayPal, uh, mail, check, money order, however you want to give. Uh, Give.gracesummitchurch.org is the easiest way. Always That is always actually the easiest way, but that way actually charges a fee. So I know many of y'all use cash out and thank God for it, bless y'all. Uh, some people on give will pay the, pay the fee and uh, I always do that. Uh, I'm always shocked when I see reports and stuff and I'll see, you know, cause I'll see how much the fees cost, but I don't mind paying the fee as the church. I thank God for the ability to be able to take the, the resources and, and receive it. You know what I'm saying? I had a pastor look at me one time and he was a skin flint, I could tell. And uh, he goes, my gosh, I wouldn't. This is back in the old, this, Molly, this is back in the old credit card days or debit cards where you had the machine. Remember the plastic machine? Old people, can I have an amen? I am an old people too right now. You know that plastic machine that lay there and then and then they'd have the little carbon copy thing. Uh, this is back in them days, this is 90s. And um, he looked at me, he says, I wouldn't use that at all. He goes, well, what do you have to pay? 27, 40 cents or something for every $10? I said, yeah. I said, I pay about 40 cents for $10. He said, that means you only get $9.60 out of every $10 somebody gives you. I looked at him, I said, that's true. I said, but that also means I get $9.60 out of somebody who doesn't have any cash, who wants to give it to me. I said, cause if you want money from me, you better have a card machine. Cause I said, I've had a nine millimeter stuck in my chest. I've been held up, I don't carry cash and I'm not gonna carry cash. So if you want me to give a tithe into your church, you better take a card. He looked at me, well, I never thought of that. I said, I'm not doing it. I said, I said, I'm just trying to serve people. Who in here remembers everybody fussing at every preacher back in the day that had an ATM machine in the church? Y'all remember that? I've heard for years that Creflo Dollar has an ATM machine in the church. And I had a guy look at me and he said that to me. He goes, Pastor Dollar's got a, I said, I don't know if he does or not. I said, but if he does, I said, I wouldn't mind having one myself. And he goes, why? I said, cause it serves people. I said, that doesn't mean he's trying to get their money. I said, but if you want cash from me, you better have a machine because I don't carry cash. Very rarely do I have to carry cash except for a silver dollar in my right pocket. I do carry that because it gives me something to play with. Can I have, I mean, it's my fidget spinner. I said, if I'm standing still and I'll play with it. And I, I, I said, so I said, I, I said, but I thank God for the convenience. 
I said, why send somebody down the road to a, a convenience store that charges a conservice charge? I said, why not have a machine in the foyer of the church to serve the people so if their youth are doing something, the mom can get $5 or $10 or $20 out and it don't cost as much as it does the other place. I said, I'd whole lot rather serve somebody. He goes, well, I ain't never thought of that. And I'm like, I know you hadn't. I know why you hadn't thought of it because all you're doing is parenting all the foolish garbage of all the world out there who doesn't like that. I ain't right. I remember first time, actually the first church I ever helped get take my MasterCard credit card was Living Way. Now I talked a couple other ones into it. Do you know who fussed at me about that? I figured it'd be the older people. And I wouldn't want anybody to go in debt. I just wanted something convenient. And you know who fussed, again, young people. Everybody young fussed at me. I just, I'm 25, 35 years old. I just think this is wrong. Every senior citizen in the church came up to me. Thank you for doing this. I am so tired of writing one check a month to the church. One family, I'm like, look, your mama. She goes, I thank God for this. I said, why? And they were, they were big givers. I said, why? She goes, we like doing everything on Discover. She goes, I get sometimes four or $5,000 back a year from Discover. She says, I'm losing money not being able to tithe on Discover. I was like, sister, we're gonna have a healing line and you're just gonna pray over everybody in the church, amen. Just trying to serve somebody. So who in here knows that serving people blesses them? It was only about three months later, it didn't take long. All the younger people were like, man, I like being able to use my debit card at church. I don't even write checks anymore. In fact, if you're 20 years old, you don't even know what a check is. Can I have an amen? I looked at a kid the other night at a store and I said something, I said, you ever wrote a check? He goes, I think one. I shook his hand, I was proud of him. Can I have an amen? At least he's done one. So hold your offering in your hand because it's the time to give. Father, we thank you right now for the opportunity to sow into the kingdom, to plant, to reap, and to harvest. Thank you, Father, that you're faithful. Father, we just ask you right now as we uh, honor you with our tithes and offerings and also extra offerings for Easter, that, Father, you would give us opportunity to, to witness over these next six weeks, to invite, to encourage, so that, Father, when we come together on Easter Sunday, we can see supernaturally your new life birthed in people's lives. Father, I'm reminded right now that if there's some of us and our children are far away, our grandkids are far away, you would move on us to make sure we take care of kids and grandkids close to us. They may not be ours, but Father, we're gonna to minister to them and thank God that you minister to those that are ours somewhere else upon this country. Father, we're gonna give our life to minister to others, not only in word, but in deed, so that we can see you lifted up and lives changed for the eternity of the ages for them so that they can be members of heaven. They can be children of the Most High. And Father, we thank you for it. And Father, we thank you that you meet every need of our church, every need of this congregation, every need of one, everyone here. That Father, we operate under the laws of the kingdom. And thank you, Father, right now that you meet every need of the church, every bill is paid, everyone for everyone in here also. Thank you, Father, you meet every need. Say that with me. You meet every need in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. Now, God bless you as you give. If you need to bring your offering up, feel free to do so. And give me some give of music, whatever that means.
And everybody say amen. If you got your Bible, start with me to Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to watch my time. I, uh, that doesn't mean I won't do anything about it. I just said I was watching it. Can I have an amen? Okay, I, I, don't wanna, I really don't want to preach that long. Um, amen. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, we talked last week. I, I just want to finish up on something, finish up on one main point. And it may take the whole time, uh, 25 minutes or so that hopefully I, I don't go over. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, this is verse 10, if you have your Bible. Uh, we're going to read 10, 11, 12, 13. And then I'll quote something else uh, again out of the Passion Translation. Uh, verse 10 says, Philippians chapter 4, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Everybody say content. Again, I want to point this out to everybody. Contentment is not just putting up with something. Can I have a good amen? But that's the way most of us have that attitude is, and that's the way it's been preached. Just, you just need to endure. I heard somebody a long time ago, they were talking about somebody who was sick, and they told them, they said, well, we don't know if that's the will of God to make them sick. We believe it was the will of God. And you just need to endure that test, and God will give you, it'll bring him glory. And it will develop piety and sincerity and humility in you. Well, that's a bunch of hooey. And, most, and the guys who preach that don't know Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Can you ever see Jesus doing that to anybody in the four gospels? Not one time can you see Jesus walking up to anybody and going, no, it's not my will. Those lepers walked up and said, is it your will to heal us? He said, I will. Can I have an Amen. It's always the will of God to heal. Now, that doesn't mean everybody, I'll throw this out, just have fun. It's always the will of God to save everybody. He's not willing that any should perish. That means he's already done everything. He, he's, he doesn't desire that at all. Man, it's quiet in the Lutheran church. God bless the Lutherans. Can I have an amen? Quiet in the house of God today. Ha! But I am to be content. Everybody say content. Again, contentment there is not is not endurance. It is from the, it is a, a Greek word um, where the Stoics, which were a type of philosophers back in the Hellenist time, which meant, and, and Paul steals it from them, and actually, if you will, Christianizes that concept. It means self-sufficiency. Now, we know too that Paul's sufficiency was, anybody wanna help me preach? Nobody wants to help me preach. <laughs> in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. And in Philippians chapter four, he makes two of the greatest quoted verses ever in the book of Philippians, which is funny because by Philippians four, this is kind of like the afterthought and the close of the, of the book, because I think it in, in Philippians chapter three, he says in verse one, finally, my brethren. So he's wrapping the letter up and then he keeps on going for a little bit, thanking them. Yet in the thank you part of the letter, at the very end of the letter, he says two things that we all quote quite often. Number one, or number two is, my God shall meet my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. But 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That means my sufficiency is in Christ. Everybody say amen. So we're not, again, we're not talking about just putting up. And I, and I want to, I'm probably going to hammer that every time I use the word commitment for one reason. Most of religion teaches to just put up with it. Yeah. Don't fight it. And who in here knows you got to fight the devil. Yeah. You got to resist the devil. Yeah. 
The Bible says resist, resist the devil and he will flee. But it also implies that if you don't resist, he just comes and camps out. I, had a, I was at a preacher one time growing up in Virginia. Never forget this. There was a woman, real sweet woman, her husband, her husband sang on the worship team and uh, they, they were real involved and uh, uh, this church was called Valley Word. And she comes up and uh, we're, we're praying for people. And she, I asked her, I said, like I did everybody else, I said, I said, what can we pray for? She goes, well, she goes, I've got this back ailment that's been, I've been fighting this back ailment for a long time. And I started to lay hands on her and it was like laying hands on um, a rock. There was just really no connection. And all of a sudden I had a, just a word of knowledge pop in my heart where, where she was at. And... Um, I, I stepped back and I said, can I ask you a question? She goes, yeah. I said, how long have you been dealing with this? She goes, and she said, you know, it'd been like nine months or something. Best I can remember, six, nine months. I said, well, you don't seem to let it bother you. I said, in fact, you seem that you're okay with it. And she looked at me. I said, you ought to be mad about this. I said, Satan has put something on you and he's trying to destroy your life. I said, you, I said yeah, you don't seem to be too upset about it. I said, if somebody tried to steal your kid, would you be upset about it? She goes, well, yes. I said, well, until you get mad enough that you desire to drive him out, you're not gonna get healed. And she looked at me and she goes, and I mean, it's like a flash on. She said, you're right. And I've never forgotten, she stopped her. She said, pray again, we'll get rid of this. I said, okay, let's pray. That time I prayed, I felt it. And she got over, man, but I mean, it was like old school, TV revival thing. She's bending over. She's up. You have to resist the devil. But now see, if you think contentment is endurance, you won't resist because you're just going to put up with it. And yet we should never put up with it. I am mad at myself when I get afflicted with something and I don't fight it. Sometimes I don't even think about it. Is there anybody out there who does this? You'll feel bad, you'll be limping, you'll be something, and you'll say, so why don't you take ibuprofen? Why don't you take this? And thank God for ibuprofen, and everybody say amen. Aleve, Tylenol, morphine, whatever you need, amen? See, I third degreed my right foot one time. I had a grease fire in it. I will tell you right now, if somebody says they need Oxycontin, give them some Oxycontin for a burn. I know what that's like. I needed something. I didn't have any insurance, so I couldn't get nothing. So I was doping myself up between ibuprofen and Tylenol and pain-medicated gel. And then I ran out of pain-medicated gel the day Molly was born. And that night, I wanted pain-medicated coffin. Can I have an amen or something? I wanted something. Thank God I found out what it was. But you have to fight that. But I'm, I'm shocked at the times I've had stuff like that happen, and I won't even think about it. And Lisa's actually looked at me. She'll say, have you prayed about this? And I'm like, I hadn't even thought about it. Am I the only one? I'm talking about small stuff. Now, when it's big stuff, we all get to praying. But again, I'm talking about life. And, and, and some, Paul said, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound in everything. I am content. I am self-sufficient in Christ. And everybody say amen. Because we are not talking about self-sufficiency in ourselves, for that is humanism. And we are never in that mode as a true spirit-filled believer. Our dependence is always on Jesus. And everybody say amen. amen. It is Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus all day long. Amen. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. Can I have an amen? Who's ever heard that song? Amen. Wrapped up, tied up, 
can I have an amen? If I could sing it and had an organ behind me, I'd just go all off on it right now. I mean, I just, I mean, that's what I grew up on. I mean, but that's the only thing there is. There's nothing else. My dad went through a divorce and after he did, his mom looked at him and she said, Ray, don't turn your back on the Lord. I still remember my dad turned around going, Mama, I'm gonna answer you like the apostles did. Where else would I go? He goes, there ain't no other choice or way to live. The only choice is Jesus. That's the only place of contentment is self-sufficiency in him. So let's look at a couple things. Again, uh, if we look at, um, from the, the Passion Translation, Let's come back to King James, verse 12. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I quoted that. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now, the Passion Translation, I like it on this one. I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. Paul said, for I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger, and I find that strength of Christ's power I'm sorry, explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. That is the passage in the Passion Translation, which is 13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And again, I think we ought to have that attitude drilled in us, developed in us, believing in us, believing that that verse is working in us at all times. I don't really, I mean, I mean this sincerely. I hate saying I can't do that. I hate that. Because to me, it goes against this. I have I tried to learn to say this. I choose not to do that. Because there's some things I don't want to do. But I mean it. When somebody tells me you can't do something, I can do that if I want to. This is America. I love using that line at a fast food place. If I'm there and I hear somebody... Can I get a, a double quarter pounder without pickles? I'll look at them, I'll say, of course you can. This is America. Can I have an amen? Of course you can. I mean, if you can't, if you can't get a Whopper the way you want to in America, I don't know what's happened to our country. Amen. In fact, this is Burger King. You can have it your way. Amen? So again, so I, I want to talk about this here. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. That's why we used it earlier. One of the ways that you stay sufficient that you stay self-sufficient in him. Let me stop. So who's ever heard of Nancy Alcorn Ministries? Nancy Alcorn's got this great ministry. She's based in Nashville, Tennessee uh, for uh, unwed mothers and women going through. So um, she's, you know, she, she probably was probably more notable. She's still out there going and doing um, probably in the early 2000s, late 90s, 2000s, mid 2000s. Well, years ago, I got invited to go speak there. And I was just blessed. In fact, actually, the day I went there, if you ever met uh, Carmen or heard of him, got to meet Carmen. And she's got plaques on the wall where Joyce Meyer had supported her ministry. I mean, she, she, she ran with the big boys. So I got to preach that day. And I got to preach to all these uh, women and, and people you know, in, in this uh, home. And there's probably about 65 of them. Beautiful home place. I mean, that place was, that place was done right. I wouldn't have minded living there. I was, I'm going to say, just nice. And thank God for a place where somebody, or especially a, a battered wife or somebody going through a hard time where it's nice. Can I have an amen? It's not a dump. And thank God for it. Well, I preached that morning from nine to noon doing this uh, seminar thing I had developed. And I should say 11.30, 11.45. We go eat lunch, me and Pastor Lisa, Nancy and her uh, best friend, 
we go eat lunch and had a great time. Then I get back about 1.30, I preach from 1.30 to 4.30. I had, you know, content. I shouldn't say preach as much as talk, but I had this content. I mean, it was fabulous. I went just to go. I was thankful to God to be invited. Man, all of a sudden, Nancy walks out, she gave me a check. Uh, I think it's a couple thousand dollars. I said, what's that for? She says, we, when, when you treat people, you treat people. She says, we like to treat people right. And we like to, she goes, we appreciate you coming. I said, but I didn't come for this. I said, I just came to do it. I said, I'm honored to do it. She says, no, you're gonna take that. And I was like, no, I'm not. So we got no, a holy argument. Can I have an amen? So finally to make her, I said, oh, well, I appreciate it. I said, but I didn't come for this. She said, no, 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 I had a great time. I gave out of my heart for almost seven and a half hours preaching, speaking. I mean, so anyway, we get in the car and I'm still floating on the adrenaline. I mean, we'd have, it was a great day. See everybody, just fun. I'm floating, I'm still floating driving. Now, when me and Lisa go anywhere, I drive. That's just the way it is. At this point, she don't even care to drive. I make fun of husbands who let their wives drive just so I can mock people. Can I have an amen in the Lord in a good way? I mean, I, don't, I, I remember when I ran for Congress, Molly drove me everywhere and I loved it. If I ever had money, I don't want to make, I wouldn't mind a maid. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't mind lawn care. Can I have an amen? But I want me a, I want me a chauffeur. To be able to sit in the back seat and make calls and do business and write and think, to, to me, to be able to do, but I usually drive, but I like driving. Because if I'm not driving, I'm asleep. That's the honest truth. <laughs> 10, 15 minutes. My, Lisa looked at me, she says, why would you even want a driver for? You fall asleep all the time. I said, yeah, but I, that'd be, be so nice to walk up, be like the Lincoln lawyer. Can I have an amen? You know, whatever. And uh, <coughs> so, so we're, we're driving, so I'm, I drive all the time. I like driving, but we're driving and so Lisa's like, now we have an eight cents lunch. And since I was gonna have to speak all afternoon again, I didn't eat much lunch. Cause who in here's ever ate lunch and then what do you do? You want a nap. So I didn't wanna do that. So I'm hungry. Lisa looks at me, she says, where you? so we're talking about where you wanna go? I said, we can go to Olive Garden, we can go here, we can go there, we're in Nashville, we didn't know where nothing is, there was no ways back then. So we're talking, we're seeing this and that. And all of a sudden, I felt it. It's like every bit of life in me just started slowly going out of me. And so we're talking, and I start kind of dazed, I mean, I, no, it's like all of a sudden I, go, I get off. I mean, I'm not even in the car. I just start, I mean, I'm driving, I'm not unsafe but I'm definitely not paying attention to her. And she grabs my and she says, you okay? I said, yeah. I said, I'm just, I'm just she goes, you're, I'm about to lose you, ain't you? She goes, you're about to go to sleep or just be out of it. I said, I am. She said, let's just go pick up something quick and go back to the hotel. I said, thank you. And I got something, I ate something, and I was asleep within like nine o'clock. Now, who in here, if you know me, I'm not an early go bed person, am I? I am not. I'm a late night person, always have been, probably always will be. I can be sleepy at seven, and by 7, 38, 9, I'm wound back up. And sometimes I have to work to get this to shut up. My head, can I have an amen? Because who in here knows our minds work all the time? And so, I, you know, I have to go to sleep. I mean, I'm asleep probably 9, 9.30. Slept all night. Why was I so tired? Cause out of my spirit, I had been ministering. Now fast forward sometime later, I heard a minister preaching. And this was an older minister who I like. And I actually heard Oral Roberts say this too. 
that during the tent meetings, they got to the point to where most of them would sit in a chair and pray for people because they lasted longer. One minister actually said he preached so long and so much and did not stop that he actually, he said, I almost felt like I had done some physical harm to my body. And he said, the Lord told me, if you ever do that again, he goes, he goes, you're abusing yourself, stop it. He goes, if you keep it up, I will not heal you from it because it's your own foolishness. And I haven't said that. I actually know the story of Amy Simple McPherson who started the Foursquare ministry. They said she would preach sometimes as many as 12 to 15 times a week. Every week. And she died early. She died way too early. Now, so if somebody says, well, why did you, why did all this? I'm telling I've never experienced anything, but it's like somebody pulled the plug out of me in that car and all my life just left. I mean, I just started shutting down. Now, again, I wasn't sick. I wasn't dying. I'm not implying that. Has everybody got me? It's just like I couldn't hold my thoughts. I couldn't hardly talk. But out of my spirit, I had preached for seven hours. And I mean, it was good. I enjoyed it. And as long as, here's something else people don't understand too. When you're anointed, when there's an anointing on you to do something, you do not operate in your own strength. But it takes a weight into your strength. And if you do it too long, you can go too far. And you shouldn't do that. So why am I saying all that? Because 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you that you are having all sufficiency in all things, have an abundance to every good work. You should have some sufficiency. You should have some supply. You should have some reserves if you want to be content. Who's ever had savings? Say amen. amen. Who's ever not had savings? Say a louder amen. amen. Which one is better? Savings. It's nice knowing that you can afford something. I'm preaching with the pastor one time. Money's tight. Now, I'll say this. I've never seen anybody have so many financial miracles in my life. I pulled up one time to preach for him. He looked at me. He goes, um, I have no money to take you out to eat tonight. I said, that's fine. I said, I'll take you out. He goes, my church don't have money. We go to the mailbox. He's got a check in there for like $1,000. The, the letter in the letter said, haven't seen or heard from you in years, but the Holy Spirit told me to send you this. He said, thank God, let's hurry up and get to the bank and get some cash. I can take you out to eat. I said, brother, I said, I can still pay for his tea. That's fine. So I'm at his home one day and he's under great stress. One of his kids, who is, um, his kids were both nuts. Can I have an amen? Just, just two, two, two boys. They got wrestling and they break a door in a rental house. Buddy, he melted down. Bless his heart. I felt hot, sorry. But why was he stressed? because he knew how much it was gonna cost to fix that door. And he didn't have any money to fix that door. Don't you know that if he'd have had an extra thousand dollars, if he'd have had his Dave Ramsey emergency fund, he wouldn't have been as stressed? Why? Because he would have had some reserves. And everybody in here needs to develop reserves. Reserves of life. I'll say it this way, reserves of spirit, reserves of soul, reserves in your body. As when I was a kid, I'd watch Star Trek. And I always loved how Captain Kirk would run the ship to 105% and then escape the enemy. Can I be honest? That's a stupid captain. Can I have an amen? That's a stupid captain. But don't we all do it sometimes? 
Lisa used to look at me all the time, and I don't. Thank God for God's anointing and healing. I, don't, I very, very rarely get sick. But the only time I ever do get sick that I can count on was a number of years, and Lisa looked at me one time. She said, why don't you quit and slow down this winter? Quit staying up so late. Quit working so hard. Quit going so much. Rest yourself. She, and she goes, she goes, the only time you get sick is when you get worn out. I got to thinking, thou art wise, great woman. Can I have an amen? So I quit doing that. Now, sometimes people don't understand that out of you. But that's why you ought to make, again, let's talk again, spirit. You ought to make the word of God first place. You ought to make sure being fed is first place. And again, I have no compassion, no mercy whatsoever to anybody in 2023. There are more Bibles, more apps, more podcasts, more videos, more TikToks, more things that are good that you can be fed on every day. Can I have an amen? There's also a bunch of junk you need to make sure you don't mess with because it's junk, not even close to being biblical. But there's more than enough, but you ought to do that. You ought to feed. Uh, you know, and I, I've never been a big proponent of those, what I call, you know, I read 42 chapters today. Well, do you remember two of them? Because I know me, I, I can read, baby. I know how to read. I love to read. Can I have an amen? I can read. I bet you I can read the whole book of Romans and I bet you 35 minutes. That don't mean I'm going to remember the whole book of Romans. Can I have an amen? So what do I do? I like taking four or five verses, maybe, maybe, maybe a chapter max. But man, I'm going to chew and meditate. That's Joshua 1, 8. Meditate on that verse. I'm going to think on that verse, preach on that verse, preach to me about that verse. I mean, somebody asked me one time, I was 16 years old, they said, how often have you been preaching? I said, buddy, I'm preaching every week. They said, where? I said, on the lawnmower. And I was. They said, what do you mean? I said, when I cut grass, I preach. I preach to myself every day. I said, when I take a shower, I'm preaching. When I'm going to bed at night, I'm preaching. I said, because I'm going to be a preacher one day and I'm going to be ready to preach when they ask me to preach. I'm going to be instant in season and out. And I said, I'm not going to have to look at somebody and say, can you preach? How much time have I got to prepare? No, I said, I'm going to be just ready to go. So I just preach all the time in here. I mean, I have joined my ministry and become a monthly partner so many times. Can I have an amen? I've called the 800 line. I've received my own books and tapes. I mean, I just, I, 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 why I'm going, in fact, I'm the best preacher I know to me, not to anybody else, but to me, you're the best preacher to you that there ever will be because who in here knows this, that God's word out of his mouth is powerful, but who in here knows that God's word in your mouth is just as powerful if you believe it. So you gotta have some reserves. You don't ever need to be given out all the time. That's just foolishness. Giving out all your strength. I, who's ever watched this? And as a pastor, I've seen this too many times. You got this person here in the marriage, sick. This person here in the marriage, okay. But this person here gives all their strength, all their time, all their energy taking care of this one. To the point that the doctors are like, you need a break. You need to, well, I just feel guilty. I, you know, no, you need to rest. Amen. You need to get your kids involved. Tell your kids to come over and take care of mom and daddy. Get, get your brother and sister to help somebody. Take a break. Take a break. Why? Because you need to rest. I'll be honest. I hate sleeping. And I love sleeping. I love sleeping when I get to sleep, but I hate having no one I got to go to sleep. Because on a promise of God, I only get 120 years of life. And I enjoy life. And I want 120 years. 
But if I live 120 years and sleep eight hours a night, I only lived 80. I've been cheated out of 40 years. Can I have an amen? 40 years, I could have been doing something. No, I'm asleep. That's always been my attitude. Who in here knows that's a foolish, stupid attitude? Because if you don't sleep, you ain't living 80 years. You're going to live a whole lot shorter. So you got to have reserves. Spirit, soul, body. I have reserves with my kids. Because God gives me all sufficiency in all things. He always gives sufficiency in all things. But we have to be stewards of that. So that we can be content, self-sufficient. I, I, you know, I, I challenge everybody right now, if you're watching too. You need to make sure you have reserves and you know your margins. How far are you willing to go? I told a family member this not long ago. Um, we were talking about stuff and they said, well, I'm trying to figure out, you know, they were talking about like, you know, their limits with people. I said, well, I've said, I, look, I said, I've told you for years. I said, unless you know who you are and what you believe, I said, you don't know any of it. I said, you got to figure that out quick. I said, but you also need to figure out how far you're willing to let people push you. And they're like, well, I don't know. I said, well, that's why you got problems with people. You haven't figured out that margin of reserve of how far you're willing to go. You know why a lot of times we lose our temper with people? We let them push us too far. We're like, I love Lucy. In fact, there's all those sitcoms. I, I love Andy Griffith's show. If you love Andy Griffith's show, say amen. That's a good show. I think the only person on there going to heaven is Opie. Because everybody else is a liar. Somebody just needs to look at Aunt B and say, Aunt B, you can't make pickles. These are terrible. We can't stand them. This is bad pickles. Barney, you can't sing. But they don't do that. They just, oh, they walk around. Who in here knows that most of the time we are sometimes our own worst enemy because we have not set margins. I'm not doing that. I had a guy one time, I did a sales call with him. I was selling security systems and I went with him. He berated me in that entire sales call and told me before we went in, he said, don't you say a word. And I don't mean just like joking or picking. I mean, he made me the, he berated me intellectually, who I am every which way he could. And he was a pastor. We get out in the car. He said, I went good, didn't I? I looked at him, I said, I'm gonna tell you something right now. I said, you ever berate me like that again in public? I said, to anybody for anything? I said, you will regret it and I will take it out on you. I said, and if you lose a sale, I could care less. I said, you know better. The word of God says to act better. And he said, well, I was just, I said, I don't care for that. I said, you're a pastor and you know the word of God. I said, the Bible says you should not act that way. And I said, you don't need to tear me down to lift you up. I said, but let's understand this. If that ever happens again, you will not like what you see out of me. Well, well I, I, I just, I, then he started, oh, I just, I said, there is no discussion here. We're done. And I said, and secondly, I'm never doing another sales call with you. Because whatever is in you, I don't want to learn from. Can I have an amen? amen? What was I doing? I had a limit and I knew it. Now I know me. I know me real well on this. If I don't watch that limit, somebody's going to cry. And at that point, I don't mind who cries. You, the checkout girl, the manager, customer service, the entire department, I don't care. Because I just want a swath of death and pain to go forth. I know my limit. 
Lisa has seen me hit that limit. My kids have seen me come close to that limit. I've had many people think they know that limit. They have never seen that limit out of me. But when I'm done, I am believing that the grace of God is gonna cover me into heaven because I am not responsible for my actions at that moment. Now, I know some people say, well, you should, you gotta, I do watch that. I watch that all the time. But I have to know my reserves so that I can walk in sufficiency. Now, how do I do that? I meditate the love of God. I meditate the promises of God. I make sure I'm walking in love. As much as lies within me, Romans says, I live peaceably with all men. And when I can't do that, I remove myself. Cause I'm a fun guy, can I, not a fun guy, it's a fun guy, can I have an amen? I said, and, and if you don't want me around, I don't mind, I'll leave. I don't mind. In fact, I, I'd a whole lot rather be alone and happy than with you miserable having to listen and talk to somebody who doesn't have any clue about life and curses on. No, I don't want to be around that. Amen. Now, I don't mind being around, you know, to witness. I don't talk about that, but just to feed my spirit on a bunch of junk. And I, I don't even like being around Christians who don't know the word of God sometimes and want to have deep, deep fellowship. And yet all they do is uh, almost mock the gospel and, and mock spiritual things, mock the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be around that. I've had people mock me for believing in healing. You gonna be laying the hands on like Ernest Angley? Be you and stuff like that. I'll say, ah, nah. I said, I said, I will pray for people. Excuse me, I'm gonna get some more coffee. Guess who I do not spend time around again? What am I doing? I'm keeping reserves. You have to keep, why? So I can be self-sufficient. I don't have to depend on them. You don't have to depend on someone else to give you happiness. In fact, if you're waiting on somebody else to make you happy, you are gonna be waiting a long time. Who in here wants to have a friend? Say amen. amen. Show yourself friendly. Build some reserves. But you know, even with reserves, want to be friendly. I have reserves with my wife and kids. There's sometimes it's just my wife and kids. You gotta reserve that. You gotta pre preserve that is a good way to say it. Again, he gives us what? All grace so that we may have all sufficiency in all things abounding to every good work. That does not imply that we are insufficient, but we are sufficient in him. Amen. Now, here's, here's one last thing about having reserves. Who in here has ever given $1,000, and don't raise your hand, this is a question for you internally. $1,000 at a church or an event, and you were happy to do it. But who's ever been wanting to give 1,000 and you didn't have 1,000? And it's one of those services where I know there's four people to give a thousand and four people stand up and you know you can't give a thousand, you ain't got a thousand, but you wish you could. Now I've been there. I've been on both sides. I've been on the side where I didn't have the money and I've been on the side, thank God, where I can give the thousand. And love being on this side much more than that side. Can I have an amen? amen. But here's something bad. If I get critical of myself because I'm not in this group, I don't enjoy where I'm at in this group. I might not can give a thousand, but I can give what I can give. Because I have all sufficiency in all things. It doesn't mean that I have as much sufficiency as you. In fact, I shouldn't even care how much sufficiency God gives you. Because my relationship isn't me, you, and Jesus. It's me and Jesus. His sufficiency is to me. Now, one thing I don't like is the fact that I can't sing. Me and God's gonna have a little talk about that when I get to heaven. I think I'd have been a much better evangelist and preacher if I could have sang and played the piano. Especially like Jimmy Swaggart on that piano. Or Jerry Lee Lewis, can I have an amen? 
I can see some of y'all don't feel the spirit in that. I don't know why. I know that God will re rebuke you and make you feel better about it. I wish I could, but wait a minute. That's not my gift. I have to develop some sufficiency and acceptance of what's my gift. Now, I can sing enough to get it going. I think if I worked at it maybe more, I could. I know if we would invest in an auto-tune system on the board, I could. Can I have an amen? I'm not believing for that one more than the others. But I know, you know, I mean, I, I can probably get by. But again, I cannot compare myself to somebody else. But if you do that, the Bible, Paul said, those who compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. In other words, they're not sufficient. Because who in here knows being self-sufficient would be walking in wisdom. Amen. And you need to judge yourself according to your relationship with Jesus and not somebody else. Yeah. And that's a hard thing sometimes, especially in 2023 when we got Instagram and Facebook. They even have a filter now on TikTok that'll make you look like a teenager. Oh. And there's these people who look weird because <laughs> they have the before and after. And it's just, it's, it's freaky. But come to find out what some influencers have been doing is they might be in their 30s, but they're using this app that gets rid of all the wrinkles and gets rid of all, all the blemishes and all the warts and the moles and the acne, and it just makes them all look beautiful. And we look at that and go, I wish I looked like that. I wish my hair was like that. Yet we don't realize it took them 22 hours to get looking like that. I did a, I've been an extra in two movies. Both movies, I learned something both times. One of them was, there was a guy, he was standing there, I can't stand this, his collar on his coat kept flipping up. Now, I've always thought Denzel Washington in that Christmas movie, The Preacher's Wife. I want that gray suit, gray hat, great outfit. Denzel looked gorgeous in that movie. Cary Grant always looked good looking. Always, you know, just classic. Almost like James Bond, you know, everything's in place. Who in here wants to live like that? Everything in place. I do. But who in here knows you walk in, everything's in place, and you got a cowlick sticking up here? Like, you know, that ain't James Bond. That, that, ain't, that ain't Cary Grant. That ain't Denzel. You know, Denzel don't have half, you know, half his hair on one side of the mess. No, everything looks perfect. And we're standing there, and we're, they're about to get ready to shoot, and they're marking the spots, and they're telling us, you stand here, so I'm standing there. Nobody's moving around. And there's this guy, and his collar's like this. Well, I figured, it, you know, this is supposed to be like the 1930s, this movie. I thought, yeah, they're probably gonna leave that. This girl walks over there. This guy, this was late in the day. He had a five o'clock shadow. She puts Kleenex around his neck, pulls out an electric razor, sanitizes it, rubs his face with lotion, shaves him while he stands there, cleans him off, puts makeup on him, and then with this, I, I, I'm still watching the corner, because I can't stand that. She rips open this little, she had a, a, a fanny pouch thing that um, the military would have been in awe of. I mean, I think had pouches. She whips that thing out, pulls out, gets this double stick tape circle, sticks it there, and sticks it down. I'd never thought about doing that. And then they said, all right, we're gonna roll for the shot. We had stood there an hour and a half, getting us all set up, marking and lighting. All right, shoot it. This is all the scene was. This guy runs in, he runs around. I stand, I'm standing right beside him. I slap him on the back, he runs around, he runs up the steps, cut. 
maybe 75 seconds of action. Maybe, maybe, that might be home. In fact, the part that ticks me off in the movie, I kept moving up so I'd be in the shot. The whole time, the whole time they're marking, I kept moving. They said, don't move, don't move. The whole time I'm doing this, for about 40 minutes, I kept, I, I was right in the way of the camera. I mean, I was ready, I was gonna get my close up. I'm ready to go. Guess where they cut it? Right at my face. The last frame you see of my face, you have to go so slow-mo that I am, I am blurred. But you can tell it me because I got one eyebrow. I was living my life trying to meet that standard of Denzel, Cary Grant, James Bond. And yet for 75 seconds of action, they made sure about 150 people were perfect and that that actor was perfect. In fact, to make sure he looked perfect, they had the stand-in do the shot about three times running through the crowd to get us ready and to make sure the camera was ready. The actor only had to do it, I think he did it twice because they weren't happy with the first one. But, only, but again, I was trying to live my life according to some standard you never will meet. Yeah. Why? Because they can stop the camera. You can't stop life. Can I have an amen? Amen. But who in here knows when we have sufficiency in Christ, we know that we walk in forgiveness, we walk in grace, we walk in his benefits. We don't have to worry about all that. Don't judge yourself against somebody else. And I I think I believe in that so much because I've always done it. I don't preach like T.L. Lowry. I don't do this. I don't do that. I get up and flub, 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 flub. Every head bowed every eye closed this is what you're supposed to say but I have had every head clo- every, every, every eye bowed every head closed Christians closing your heads right now closing your heads closing your heads I don't even know what I'm doing closing your heads Christians praying right now being Billy Graham there's a home for you in heaven there's Billy Graham let us close our heads close our and I'm doing that in my head that's what I'm hearing I'm trying to be Billy trying to be Billy and I'm closing heads and everybody starts laughing I get ticked off I've actually been mad at people. I had to lead to the Lord. Can I have an amen? Just mad. Why are you laughing when I'm doing an altar call right now? What is wrong with you? Why are you laughing? I mean, y'all are laughing. That's what I'm thinking. Sufficiency in him. Now I love my wife. And if I preach and I make her happy, I don't care about y'all. I don't mean that wrong. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I want y'all to be happy too. But I mean, there's something about making her happy. I love to make her happy. I like it when I, 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 I hit a home run and I do good. I have sat in the car and I'm, I'm like, did I do okay? I know what's coming. <laughs> I know the moment I hear, I'm gonna get something. You know, why did you do this? And I don't know. I wanna challenge you. Let Jesus be the only audience you desire to make happy. Amen? That he's the only one. Father, in Jesus' name, we bow our heads and we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Father, right now, if there's anybody watching, anybody at all in here or uh, uh, at home or wherever they're at that would say they don't know you, Father, we ask you right now that by your spirit, you would convict them of that and help them realize right now that, Father, without you, life is meaningless. But you give the power and the ability to become sons of God to all men and women, to become the children of God, I should say. You give that option to us all by calling upon your name. And so Father, I ask you right now that everyone watching, saved or unsaved, would call upon your name 
in a freshness and a newness to every area of their life that Jesus would be Lord over every avenue, option, crevice of their life so that they can walk in self-sufficiency, contentment, so that we can be like Paul, Father, and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I've, I've ran the race. I've kept my faith. I've done the course. and We shall receive the crown of life. Father, we thank you right now that these things are working in our life. Pray this with me, if you will, if you're here or if you're at home. Heavenly Father, I ask you and I believe that you are good. You are good to me and faithful to me. And I confess that Jesus is my Lord, that I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe I have all sufficiency, all supply, and all your grace in all things in Christ Jesus. I do not lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I do not lack for any good thing because I fear the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Great way to end every service. That's what the church is here for, in case you forgot. All right, spread the word. All right, we'll do announcements. We'll do the dismissal prayer. And then you can do whatever. So announcements up every Wednesday, of course. These are always great, 7.30. Our, our own uh, Facebook, these are awesome. Pastor does a good, good job with these. Uh, you can watch them anytime, of course, but you know, watch them when they come on is always better. All right, next up. All right, first Saturday. This is on Saturdays, all right. This is for the ladies. Uh, uh, guys, if you come, you can't hang out, all right? They run you off. I, I, I learned that the hard way. I'm like, you know, no, you can't stay here. I'm like, wait a minute, you can't stay, you can't stay here. Like, all right, I'll, I'll go out in the parking lot and shoot trap like I did last time. You complained about that, but I can't do that either. So these are great though. These are great. Everybody enjoys these. I don't know what's talked about anymore, but they're great, right? All right, small group, of course, Sunday, 9, 45 to 1030. I always hear great things about this. Everyone who attends loves these, so I encourage you to come. All right, and of course, always, um, uh, you can use the QR code or connection page to let us know. Thank you for joining us. All right, so awesome. Well, it's, it's almost the end of February. It feels like spring, but it's not. So I encourage you to do a couple things today. One, don't be a cheap tipper, all right? Nobody likes that. Two, and much more importantly, spread the word. That's what we're here for. If we don't tell people about Jesus, yeah, nobody is going to, right? You think the world's gonna tell people? You have a big thing on, uh, on TV, oh, let's tell you about Jesus. No, not gonna see it, right? CNN, nope, Fox, nope. MSNBC, no, all right? Not gonna do that for you. So we have to preach the word. Easter is coming, the biggest Christian holiday. We celebrate Christmas. I told you how much we spent at Christmas. Nine billion dollars on Christmas. Nine billion we spent on Christmas. With a B, not an M. Billion. All right. So go out and uh, spread the word. Easter is coming. I found Easter cards. Right. I found Easter cards reminding people he is risen. I'm like, wow, grab me a pack of those. I'll get those out in the mail, especially for those relatives that do not know him. I'm not going to mail them to the good Christians. They good to go. Melanie's to the heathens, I know, all right? All right, so good. So join us on the night. It's going to be a big, big day. Let's stand.
All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given to us. We thank you for this beautiful spring day you've given to us here in the middle of winter. We know, Lord, that you spring eternal. You are eternal life. You are the way, the truth, and the life, so says the scriptures. We all go out, Lord, now into the world to spread the joy of your grace and salvation. And we all stay together. Amen. You're dismissed.